Um, and the courses were designed if, you know, if you had to build an organization from the ground up to be able to manage the, the customer experience, where would you start, you know, and where would you go from there? So we literally, you know, the first course is all focused on what does it mean to be a customer-centric um, organization and how is customer experience management an extension of that? Welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slayton, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is all about empowering leaders to achieve sustainable growth by consistently delighting your customers. We give you practical tips, proven frameworks, and share ways to help you delight your customers. Well, I am so excited to have my guest today on the show, Tom DeWitt, Dr. Tom DeWitt. He is the director of CXM at MSU, Michigan State University, and a fixed-term faculty member in the Department of Marketing at the Broad College of Business at Michigan State University. In that role, he is dedicated to advancing customer experience management globally by helping formalize and develop a framework for the field. For more than a decade, Dr. DeWitt has provided customer experience management solutions to organizations and audiences around the world through consulting, workshops, and presentations. Prior to joining academia, Tom enjoyed a career in the hospitality industry where he served in senior management roles in the US and Asia. And today, Tom is joining me from Singapore. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. For- nice, nice, yeah, nice to be able to share my breakfast with you um, while while it's evening there in the U.S. So, um, yeah, we we have twelve hours of difference in, in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. well, great. So, thank you, and um, I'm so excited today because um, a number of reasons. If if uh, those uh, who don't already know, Tom masterminded and persevered at Michigan State to get the first ever master's of science degree program in customer experience management in North America. And uh, for all we know, maybe the world, I don't know. Um, we'll have to ask him that question, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, um, you you have a, a storied career in academia, Tom. How did you end up in the world of customer experience management? Yeah, well, it started when I was 14. Um, in- you know, I was a busboy and a dishwasher in a, in a family restaurant, and um, I was promoted to grill cook. And the grill there, it was, it was interesting. It was like this cafeteria line, and the first person that the customer saw was a grill cook, and they would order their, their burger. And um, I realized then, you know, I could make people happy, you know, just, mm-hmm. by, just by serving them. And I... I drew so much gratification from that, um, that it really set the path for my career. So I ended up getting my culinary degree and then my, my bachelor's degree in, in hospitality. And um, what really intrigued me throughout my career was, I, you know, trying to understand the dynamic between uh, the customer and service personnel and trying to understand that from both their perspectives, you know, um, not just what's running through the customer's mind and how they're evaluating the experience, but, you know, what, you know, I know what motivated me. I know what propelled me, but when I, when I rose to management positions in the hospitality industry, it was understanding those employees 
employees and 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 their motivation and 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 what facilitated that and that's really you know i i, I did my end up doing my mba here in singapore in the mid mid to late 90s and i took a course in consumer behavior and courses in service quality and that's when I first started to understand and I was so intrigued by it and, and um, started to put together my own framework, which was really around understanding people and, and how they make decisions and, and, and how they formulate attitudes and behaviors. And that's really how I got into CX. And quite honestly, you know, I was in Hawaii for 11 years and I, Uh, created my own little consulting agency there. I didn't call it customer experience management. I call it brand experience management. And quite honestly, until I came to Michigan State and came back to the mainland, I never never heard of the term CX. In fact, I was in a meeting and someone said CX. And I said, I got to go Google that. And (laughs) so I realized there was a whole field that was growing. I had been doing it for years, but it was based on my experience, um, and, uh, you know, entirely. It wasn't. And there were a few little things that had come along the way. You know, I'd bought a copy of Lou Carbone's book, uh, Clued In, in 2004 when it first came out. And that really inspired me and his, his concept of clues and how consumers evaluate experiences. That really inspired me. And um but I took all that with me to Hawaii and, you know, we were very far removed from the mainland. Um, but then what happened at MSU is I was asked to be involved in CX and then I volunteered to lead an initiative around it. And I've always been good at bringing people together. I've, I'm a community builder and everything that I do. And uh, we were creating a conference You know, I wanted to have a conference, you know, bring all the industry people together to share best practices and learn from each other. And it was through the networking on LinkedIn um, that I really came to realize, you know, people who work in CX, they come from such diverse backgrounds, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I realized in talking to them that that creates problems because, you know, if you come from advertising, your perspective is very different than someone from a consumer insights background or supply chain or sales or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the term I kept hearing when I talked to people is CX is fragmented. Mm. So what do you mean by that? Well, I, I came to learn it was fragmented both in terms of people's skill sets and how the organization approached it. So that really was the impetus be, behind the design of the degree program. And, um, you know, I did a Google search and I looked all over the world. There's got to be a degree program, Right. Uh, well, there wasn't because nobody, you didn't see it in anybody's profile. There are a lot of certificates out there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a degree program. So, you know, we, we have degree programs in all other functional aspects of organizations, accounting, marketing, finance, you know, um, <laughs> operations, you name it, but nothing for, for CX. So that, that was a motivation. And actually, when we had our first in-person conference at Michigan State in the spring of 2019, I made the announcement from the stage we were going to create a master's degree in CX. And the audience actually gasped. There were people in the audience actually gasped. And, of course, I had no idea what it would take. You know, that I was so naive. You know, I can do this. And uh, really got me thinking about customer experience management. So, Okay. Okay. So um, why do you believe, and I'm assuming you do based on all the things you just described, is why do you believe CX is a brand differentiator? You know, I, I think, you know, for years, we've, 
we've deluded ourselves by believing that, you know, marketing, that marketing was advertising and, you know, uh, that advertising explained people's demand for products. The reality is, particularly in the digital era where people can so freely share their opinions and their reviews, um, consumer decisions are based on experiences, whether it's their own or, or other people's experiences. You know, certainly advertising might pull you in um, to buy a product. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the reality is there's such a disconnect often in organizing between the advertising function, the operations function. Oftentimes, advertisements lead people to disappointment because they create unrealistic expectations. So I've always believed that, you know, whether you call it operations or you call it customer experience, uh, call it customer experience, it's, it is a customer experience that determines whether they're going to come back or not. It, it, it is a customer experience um, that determines what they're going to say and who they're going to say it to. The vast majority of people um, who have a dissatisfactory experience don't voice their complaints to the company, they, they leave and they tell other people. So if that's not your brand differentiator, you know, and I'm not even sure if I call it that, I think to me, it's like, you know, if you're not managing the customer experience then the customer experience is managing your business and not in a positive way, mm -hmm. right. In a very negative way. And I think that's the case with a lot of organizations they are not focused in terms of their mission, vision, their values. They don't have their employees aligned. They don't have their experience aligned. So then they get, you know, really a, a mixed bag of results from that. So, yeah, you know, I, I would argue it's not so much a differentiator as it is a necessity. And, and organizations either, you know, do a a really poor job, um, a loose job of it, or they're really focused on it and, and they excel. So. I love what you said. If, if you're not managing your customer experience in your business, then your customer experience is managing your business and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and the thing that's interesting, you know, having worked with Quite a few companies, you know, they'll 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 seize on MPS or they'll seize on overall satisfaction. Um, but when you start asking them, well, what explains that number? What you know, how are what is it in your experience and and the customer experience that's and that's why I say, well, you're you know, you're not managing the experience, then, right? So when that number starts to go down, everybody gets really frantic trying to figure out why. But uh, yeah, or they're not even measuring that. Yeah. Good. Good to shed light on it, because I do think um, we want to reach the CEOs and the business leaders who have not yet uh, thought about this as seriously and thought about it, making it, you know, institutionalizing it as part of their organization, not just saying, oh, yeah, we can have uh, marketing or operations or somebody, you know, dabble in it. Um, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, and I think Lou's kind of say this, Luke Carbone said this, you cannot not have a customer experience. It's there, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, do you want to manage it or not? You know, and, and, and if you want to manage it effectively, you know, you've got to understand your customer's expectations. You've got to understand how your competitors are delivering on the, on, on their experiences. You've got to be able, you know, you've got to, 
be able to align your employees to your vision, mission, and values, and 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 those customer experiences. So it's a, there are a lot of moving parts. Um, and because humans are in, involved, there's you know you're, there's there's a possibility of failure. So if you're not kind of comprehensive in all this, um, and if your focus is constantly on sales, and that's the other thing, I think that it creates such a distraction, you know. And I think that's a problem with publicly traded companies. They're very short-sighted. It's all about short-term financial goals. They're very transactional, um, and it's hard to lose sight, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. of what the goal of the business is and why you're there. And it becomes all about revenues and profits and market share. And, and it's not about the customer and their needs. And as I mentioned before, you know, in general, human beings, they like to work for customer-centric organizations. You know, they want to feel that, you know, all of us every day, we want to feel that our life has meaning, right? And what we do every day has meaning and purpose. But I think more often than not, leaders do a poor job leading, you know, um, nobody, very few people want to go to work saying, yeah, go, you know, we need to sell more stuff, mm. you know, not about making people happy. But I know somewhere along the line, I, you know, I heard the definition of marketing was, you know, providing solutions for people's problems. And that's always been a definition I've embraced um, and enjoyed. And to me, customer experience management is a reflection of that. Mm. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We're solving people's problems every day. You are listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm Mark Slayton, your host. And if you're just starting out on your CX journey and need help with a CX strategy, I know it can be tough. Maybe you've been on your journey and just need help getting to the next level. I've walked the walk as a CX practitioner, and I know the real world challenges you're facing. I'd love to come alongside you and put our heads together and jointly define the problem that needs solving. Let's have a live conversation. You can reach me at empoweredcx.com. Let's talk a little bit about the master's degree program. And, um, and if, you're, if, you're a, if you're a student, a prospective student, why might you consider applying? What are some of the benefits that you might expect? And what are some of maybe the outcomes you might expect? Absolutely. So first of all, the the curriculum is extremely comprehensive. There's 15 different courses. Um, And the courses were designed if, you know, if you had to build an organization from the ground up to be able to manage the the customer experience, where would you start, you know, and where would you go from there? So we literally, you know, the first course is all focused on what does it mean to be a customer um, centric organization and how is customer experience management an extension of that? Um, and then it runs all the way to the end um, where you're sharing data and continuously improving. So there's that, the comprehensive nature of the curriculum. There's also the depth within each course. Each course, um, there's a common instructional method across the degree program, team-based learning. It's designed for working professionals um, so that, you know, every course they rotate into a new team of four people. So they're gaining the the background and experience of, of those individuals when they're, they're working in each course. 
And each week, there's a two-hour synchronous class session where they're applying the principles that they're learning through readings and videos that they've watched. And they're sharing that experience with their team members and learning, learning from them. So it's very focused on application and project work. So we work hand-in-hand with industry with, on case studies and on projects where um, students can can develop practical skills. There's also a lot of reflection involved. So the assumption is if you're a working professional, you work for an organization where you can apply these principles, right? So what we want, you know, through all the courses, we're asking them to apply what they're learning to the organization where they are. So the reality is, you know, you're already improving yourself and your operation when when you're in the degree. Um, I think the other question a lot of applicants ask, too, is why should I do this degree instead of certificate? You know, it costs more money. Um, um, So, you know, I think the first thing and, uh, you know, not to be critical of certificates, but certificate programs can only provide so much breadth and depth. Right. Mm -hmm. And and again, I, I don't know a whole lot about all the certificate programs. But just how much knowledge and understanding and practical outcomes can you gain from a certificate program? Um, And, you know, that's reality. So you've got a way that as an individual, what do you want to get out of it? You know, at the end of the day, our program is designed to prepare people to be chief experience officers or chief customer officers and give them all of the resources in, the, in order to do that. I'm not convinced that a certificate program can do that, um, quite quite frankly. And, um, you know, to your point, you know, at the beginning of the program, there's also the level of credibility. You know, having a master's degree, whether it's an MBA or whether it's a master's degree in marketing or accounting or whatever, it, 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 it lends a level of credibility you're not going to get from any certificate program. Um, yeah. You know, if you're if you're searching for a job or even within your own position, it's going to be given a much greater weight than a certificate when it when it comes down to securing a job, getting a promotion, um, getting a pay in, or getting a, a a pay increase. So I think ultimately, um, an MSCXM from Michigan State um, University is going to be the ultimate credential in customer experience management. So when you're preparing the signature on your email or whether or your profile on LinkedIn, having that degree is gonna is gonna cast you in a in a very different light than having a certificate and and putting those letters after after your name. And I think it's evidence in the people who are enrolling the program. You know, we have some people with very little background, but we also have vice presidents of corporations. And, you know, the implicate, you know, what I've heard from them is it, it does legitimize and lend credibility to their role. Hmm. So hopefully that covers it all. Yeah, no, that, that, and I just want to validate what you're saying because, um, the breadth and depth of the program in particular, not even so much certificates. I, I had, um, I, I taught, I built out a course at, in the uh, MBA program at Loyola University in Maryland about five or six years ago uh, after doing t- after teaching a number of years in sales, ma- sales leadership there in that same program. And, and I had switched careers and I got into CXM and um, asked the, the leadership there, could I, 
Um, could I build out a class? And they were interested. Well, I built out a class, but I will tell you, it was more like a buffet than a full course. Because in one course, I had to hit, I, in my mind, I had to hit all the, all the key topics that relate to CX. So I was only able to go you know, an inch deep and a mile wide, where here you're going a mile deep and a mile wide. Yeah. And even, you know, you know, having done the same thing and taught a semester course, you can't even go a mile wide. You know, there's just not enough time. You've right. got how many class sessions in a semester. And, you know, the reality is you, you, you know, you can't touch on every, on everything. And, um, you know, you and and then even when you do, you can only skin the um, the surface. And of course, you want to provide some depth in some areas, so you've got to pick and choose. And the, um, I think the other thing that's interesting about our degree, the courses are five weeks long. It's very much a modular approach. It's designed. You know, when I was putting it together, it's like I want it to be easy to digest. Having taught semester long courses. You know, it's a burden for everybody. You know, it, it mm-hmm. seems to last forever. Um, the beauty of a five week is it's very, it's much more like doing a workshop, but, you know, with a ton of information, it's very applied, it's very interactive. So I think in that way, too, it's very different than any other master's degree. Um, and then this idea of every five weeks, you're, you're in a team with, with three other new people, you know, how refreshing um, by the end of the 20 months that the degree program is, you will have worked with everyone in your cohort, you know, at least a couple times. So, you know, that's the other thing, the networking. Mm, yeah. I'm not familiar enough with certificate programs to comment on it, but you know, what are the networking opportunities that come out of certificate programs? A lot of certificate programs are, you know, you're on your own, you're watching content online or otherwise, but, you know, imagine the networking opportunities um, and the alumni, you know, that, that are going to come out of this program. And then how is that going to build you know, every semester? We have a new intake mm, yeah. and, and, you know, this community building, um, um, you know, we, it, it, it's going to be amazing. The networking that's going to come out of this, this program with the yeah. alumni is just going to be incredible. And you combine that with the conferences that we host twice a year, um, you know. So I think even though programs online, it's 100% online, you can be anywhere in the world. In fact, I'm, I've already started talking to some candidates here in Singapore. You know, the goal is too, to bring those people together in person over time, um, I'm sure we'll have some of our students in person at the conference in October. I would love to start doing programs in other places in the U.S. and also internationally as, as this all grows, too. So, you know, that's another reason to do a master's program. Um, and I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of people do MBAs, too, right? It's not just about the courses. It's about the people you get to work with. Sure. The degree and afterwards. You know, I know when I did my MBA, for me, it was a great distraction away from my work. It gave me something else to think about, but it also allowed me to interact with people outside my workplace. And those relationships have endured. You know, I just, I, you know, um, I shared with you earlier, I've been, I was, I got pulled into a consulting project um, here in Singapore, and it was with one of my classmates from an MBA program, um, what, 25 years ago. Um, Love it. And, and uh, so there's that too. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, 
the we've priced the master's degree at the lowest possible level we could, mm-hmm. you know, um, to make it reason as reasonable as possible. And yeah. I didn't realize until I started this a financial model is, you know, we don't we don't get to keep all that money. You know, it it, mm-hmm. it gets there are pieces of the pie. You know, we get about half of the pie before we can even start paying our own expenses, which was was new to me, but. Um, uh, we're, we're trying to make it as affordable as possible as we possibly can. We're also working with employers. We want to make sure they're supporting employees in the effort that they're exposing employees to tuition reimbursement opportunities. Um, so. Yeah. Ten. So Tom, on the flip side of that, could, if you, if you're listening, uh, if some, someone's listening today and they're a CEO or a business leader, who works for a corporation and may have employees, uh, what, why should companies support their employees to enroll in this program? Why should employees support employees in their own development? That would be my first question. You know, we're, we're in an era right now, there's huge layoffs right now. At the same time, people are jumping from firm to firm. Um, you know, ask yourself the question, who do you want to be around in five years? And what are you doing to ensure that? Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm worried because what I'm seeing in the marketplace, people are so sales driven right now. You know, they purport to be customer driven, but they, 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 they're caught up in selling and revenue. You know, um, when you think about what it costs to recruit someone, you know, put a dollar value on that. Ask your HR people, what does it cost to recruit and train and you know, onboard and train somebody? Um, now, ask yourself, who do you want to be around in five years? And then what are you doing to develop them into a new role? Um, and where does this degree fit into that development plan? Do you yeah. want to excel in customer experience management as an organization, which I think most organizations do? Um, what are you doing to develop your, your leadership team in, in order to do that? And then, you know, look at, you know, the federal government through payroll um, tax credits gives you $5,250 a year. If you enroll students in the fall semester in our program, they can take advantage of three years of tuition reimbursement. So that's close to $16,000 right there. That is free money from the federal government. Our tuition for out-of-state students is $32,000. So, you know, um, that's about, that works out to about $5,000 a year that you, if you want a fully funded employee, that you can invest in them and their development. What a small price to keep an employee that you value, right? And that's what I would tell leadership. And, you know, that's the dialogue that I've been having with companies is, you know, first of all, do you want to keep your leadership team together? Of course we do. What are you doing to ensure that? What, you know, what conversations have you had with them with their future in the organization, their development, um, and, and the role that this program could play in that process? And how are you taking advantage of the, the opportunities at the federal and well, and you know, there are, there are, com- you know, we have companies in our collaborative who have students enrolled in the program. They offer $10,000 a year in tuition reimbursement, which is really generous. Um, but what are you doing to promote it? 
Mm. You know, what I've found, a lot of companies, this is behind firewalls. Um, why aren't you pro- why, yeah. why aren't promoting that as part of your recruitment? And that would be the other thing. You know, how, you know, how can you utilize this program in your tuition reimbursement policy to recruit people into your organization? Yeah, we not only want you to work for us, we would love to invest in your future. If nothing else, you're locking them in for the next 20 months, which a lot of companies is quite a long time. But, you know, but realistically, when you're making that investment in your employees, they're going to, re- you know, they're, you know, we we understand customers and their psychology enough. You know, you show somebody you care about them, they stick around. You know, they're going to be there for those five years. What a what a small price to pay, particularly when you consider the tons of money that's going out the door right now um, uh, to to recruit people. And it seems like everybody in CX is hiring right now. You know, they're scrambling yes. to find people. But you know, and the funny thing is we. We're busy telling people it takes five to 10 times as much to get a new customer as it does to keep the one you have. Why doesn't that apply to your employees? And why aren't you asking yourself that question? And the reality is most organizations aren't, you know, and that's sad. To me, that's really sad. And it's very short-sighted. And as you can tell, it makes me a little upset. Yeah, I could could, hear that. It really is because the companies I've worked so closely with um, they're not enrolling in the program. You know, they're not promoting it the way they should, and they're not positioning it um, as a development opportunity and opportunity for not just personal growth, but organizational growth and development. But that's going to change. Yeah. You know, I think Let's for a lot of people, it. they've just been waiting, you know, and now the program's here, and I think they're, they're kind of, um, uh, you know, a deer in the headlights, you know, yeah. they're kind of scrambling to understand, well, what do we do? And now that students are enrolled in the program, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be, um, that's going to change. Well, let's, let's hope there, there are innovators that are enrolled and early adopters that are not too far behind them. Um, I just want to, I just want to add, if I could, to what you shared about the reasons why companies should support and and the investment in their, their employees and the long-term strategy. I just, I just think they have to see CX as a vital component and, to, to your point, um, not so much as a short-term revenue play to, to meet the needs of shareholders uh, on a quarterly basis, but looking long-term at CX as, as a sustainable uh, growth strategy that uh, isn't an overnight thing, but it, t- it takes an investment in a discipline we talked about earlier and in order to have that, what, what more of a way could you send a message, a signal across your leadership and across your organization than to invest in your employees in a, in a master's of science degree in CX? I, well, you know, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I totally agree. You know, I mean, there's very few people out there in the world that have a complete, no, truly there are people think they do. And there's a lot of those people, um, but there are very few people out there that have a comprehensive skill set to not just, you know, uh, create customer personas and journey maps, you know, but to engineer change in an organization, to engage employees across the organization in this, to effectively design and utilize customer feedback to manage a customer experience and not just a customer experience. One thing you'll notice in our degree program is an equal focus on the employee and their experience. You know, we've, you know, talked 
about empathy maps and jobs to be done and all these things as it relates to customers. But what about your employees? What jobs do they want to get done? What are their goals? What are their motivations? You know, none of this gets done. You know, I I know we're, we're seeing a great digitalization in the experience, but, you know, um, you're never going to lose employees as part of this process. And there's something to be said about the human touch and personal um, personalization. So, um, you know, the beauty of our degree is and not only addresses the skill sets necessary for effective customer experience management, it also addresses the skills necessary to effectively implement it um, within the organization. Because over while over 80 percent of organizations globally indicate they want um, CX as part of their strategic imperative, fewer than 25 percent of CX initiatives succeed. And generally, that's from a lack of alignment, both in leadership and across the organization, and a lack of employee engagement. And those are things that are all included in, in our degree program. So, you know, the other thing that I would add to that the degree does is, you know, someone wants to work out of their role, whether it's an employee experience or user experience, research or design, and they want to take a broader role in the organization and the, the customer experience management function, the, the master's degree helps them to do that. And it, and it helps to legitimize that opportunity in the eyes of the leadership of the organization. It's not just taking a certificate and say, hey, I'm certified now. Could, could I arise to a leadership role in CX in the organization there, you know, they're truly, I think it lends credibility to the, that possibility. And we are seeing that in some of, some of our ap applicants. Well, Tom, this has been fascinating. I'm so uh, grateful for you and grateful for, I can't even imagine what was going on behind the scenes to get this approved. I know you shared some of the some of the steps along the way, but you have really been a trailblazer for the customer experience movement. And this program is evidence of that. Um, if there was a, either a student or a prospective corporation who wanted to know more about it, um, what might be the best way for them to get a hold of you? I think the best way is find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, most of us are on LinkedIn. So just search for Tom DeWitt, Michigan State University on LinkedIn and message me. Or they can send an email directly to me um, at D-E-W-I-T-T-T-H at M-S-U dot, dot E-D-U. And I'd be, be happy to chat with them. Excellent. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, no problem. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and links mentioned in the show. And you can find those on my website, empoweredcx.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, would you share it and leave a review? It helps so much to get the word out. And remember, when we serve others well, we make a difference in the world.